Today on the No City on the Sideline Dam podcast, it's all about getting rid of clutter. Make a little side cash selling this stuff online. With my guest, Deb Clemetta, off of the book, Best Offer, Best Life, and also the host of the podcast, Upcycling with Deb. Next on the podcast, let's do this. Welcome to the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad podcast, a podcast about a journey of discovery and conversations about not sitting on the sideline of life. Let's get involved. Here's host Joe Foley. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Hey, my name is Joe Foley. I'm a dad, a parent. I'm just like you, trying to figure this stuff out one day at a time. Hey, and I want to thank you for being here. And this is your first time. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. I really do appreciate you being here. It's kind of fun to get a chance to bring interesting guests and interesting topics to you that I find interesting myself. Next up, my interview with Deb Clement off of the book, Best Offer, Best Life. We talk about selling things online through like online yard sales, community groups like, you know, or Craigslist. Facebook is a marketplace. You can sell stuff too. It's technically like a online yard sale. Yeah, it's kind of like that. We know we're going to, you know, you want to get rid of some stuff in your house. So you go in the closet and stuff like a cartoon thing in the closet. You like open it up and all of a sudden stuff falls out. Well, stuff you probably haven't used in years and stuff like that. I want to try to make a little money on it. Sell it. According to WebMD, mess equals stress. Well, clean up, get organized, and sell some things online. Make some extra cash for your family. Make, you know, like pizza night or may help pay an extra bill that, you know, especially going through the time of the coronavirus and the pandemic, a little extra cash in the pocket kind of really helps out. We talk about all kinds of things, about all the kinds of different ways of selling stuff and making extra money for your family. Deb shared some really good information, so let's jump right in. Welcome to the podcast, Deb. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. It's kind of a fun topic we're going to talk about tonight, selling stuff online, getting kids involved, online yachts. It's something really fascinating. We all get sucked into the YouTube videos and stuff like that. And I've always been curious about that. What is creating wealth on like online yachts? What is it? How did it come about? So an online yard sale is anything, any platform where you can sell your household stuff. Mm -hmm. You can really sell just about anything on online yard sales. You can use free apps. You can use Facebook, Facebook Marketplace, online yard sale groups. And we actually got started with online yard sales because we were looking for more space in our current home. We were actually looking to move. And we are in the Boston area and the real estate prices around here are crazy. So we were looking at houses that were just a little bit bigger, but they were probably going to mean a mortgage that was almost double. So it just didn't seem worth it to us. So we started to go to the open houses and think about what do we like about the open houses so much? What, what is it that is drawing us to these other properties that are just a little bit bigger than ours. And we realized it's because they are decluttered and that they have been staged. So we thought, well, you know, we'd come, come home from the open houses, you know, all sad, mopey, like, oh, we're never going to find the right place. And then we thought, well, while we're waiting for the right place, why don't we start to work on our own space? So we started decluttering, we started purging our home and trying to create more space in our current house. And it became this huge initiative that we never even anticipated. 
And it was really a transformative process because it changes everything about our lives. It changes how we buy things. It changes the types of gifts we give. It changes our attitude about our finances and how we spend. And it makes us more aware of what we bring into our space because we don't want to be tripping over it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're in such a, a small place. So the wealth aspect of it comes partly from the act of actually selling the items, of course. And also, more importantly, probably, is the fact that we have saved money by staying in our current smaller house and keeping our smaller mortgage, living within your means. And that gives you that wealth, the feeling of being able to do what you want to do and work as many hours or as few hours as you want and not feel like you know, you're know you you're trapped by a mortgage payment. So that's what we really mean by wealth. Although we did make plenty of money on the online yard sales. Well, it's interesting too, because everybody buys stuff. They, they really want it. Like, I really want this. And next thing you know, it's inside their closet somewhere or uh, sitting up collecting clothes and stuff like that. And people get emotionally attached to things. How did, how did you, can you give me some ideas and some examples of what you went through selling stuff, picking stuff to sell? You know, that's a good question because, um, you know, you were saying how you get emotionally attached to things. I literally today gave away one of my daughter's items. Mm -hmm. I involved her in the process, Um, but I was having like second thoughts about it almost because she had had this item for a couple of years and you get nostalgic about your kid's stuff. And when you give it away, you start to think, oh, they're growing up and you have to kind of face all these emotional things. We attach all these feelings to our things. And when the guy came who was going to pick up the item, he came and he came up the driveway, took the the item and put it in the back of his truck and drove away. And I felt like five pounds lighter. <laughs> <laughs> I know my daughter's not going to use that item again. And uh, it we freed up room in our, our garage, a good amount of room in our garage so immediately I was able to, you know, it was something that was hanging on the wall in our garage. And with this big hook now available, I was able to hang other um, things that were cluttering the floor, things that the kids do use. So even though I was, I had that pang of, oh, I don't know if I want to give this away. <laughs> it felt really good to see it go down the driveway. Well, it's interesting too. Like I have to go through my son's, he's um, six, going to be seven. And I realized the other day he grew. About an inch or two. So he put a pair of pants on. It looks like knickers. I'm like, oh man, I'm going to have to go through all the drawers. And I, I don't want to throw those clothes out, but could you somehow sell those online? Maybe if they're still in good condition, is something like, is that possible? It is possible. I've had a lot of friends who've had luck with children's consignment for the clothing. For me, it hasn't really been worth my time. The the consignment stores that I have researched, they require a lot of hoops to jump through before you can give them the clothing. They don't just accept the bags of clothing. They want it folded in a certain way. It has to be by season. It has to be a certain label. Um, it might need to be in bins or boxes and not trash bags. And they will probably give you, in most cases, pennies on the dollar for what you paid. So for all that hassle, and on top of making the appointment for them to kind of go through the items and probably reject most of it, it's not really worth my time. I would rather connect with another family who has kids who are maybe a few years younger, 
who can use the clothing. For me, that's a much better use of my time. I still get the the items out of my space. I still take really good care of the items. I fold them nicely and put them into bags. But they, I, you know, I it's more on my terms, and um, I save the clothing sales for actually some of my own pieces. I have um, a lot of designer items that I like, mm-hmm. and I found that the best thing to do for clothing consignment. Um, is to focus on the high-end items. That tends to have a better return on investment. Now, if you spend you know, many hundreds of dollars on a purse or a briefcase or shoes or something, you're still not going to see a huge return on that. But that type of item is more worth my time than trying to go through the hassle of every season trying to consign my kids' clothes. That's that's just my two cents about the the kids' clothes. It, it hasn't worked for me, but I'm sure there are people who have figured out a way to, to work the system. Well, it's interesting, too, you didn't say about that worth the hassle. Some people don't really think about it. Like, wow, I would really love to sell this, whatever this part is. Maybe sell some of the kids' toys they doesn't use anymore. But And they think about it. They have good intentions, but never do. I wonder. I wonder why. Well, I think it goes back to being emotionally attached. I find that, you know, I have some attachment to some of my things, but the thing is with the children's tours, you're kind kind of saying goodbye to a, a stage in their childhood. So you don't want to, you don't want to snowball it and make the item represent more than what it actually does. I mean, nobody can take your memories away from that time period in their life. So my advice is just to focus on giving another child more happy years with that particular item. Try to focus on the value that you're going to get, whether it's cash or more space in your home. And that makes it a little bit easier to say goodbye to some of those items. It's funny you say that. I was thinking about that recently. I'm gone a couple of years now, but at the local dump, they have a place we go in and you can place recyclable stuff there, like old toys and stuff like that. So it's almost like an exchange. I don't know what they're called, but they're kind of like exchange. You go in there. You drop something off, you take something with you, you find something interesting. That's a really good way to get um, recyclable toys and stuff like that. Absolutely. I have a friend in a very wealthy town. They have a, a, a dump that they use and there's a shed mm-hmm. where they keep these items. And she said, you walk into this shed and it's crazy what people leave in there. They, they call it the mall. <laughs> <laughs> items that look like almost new and people feel like, well, I don't know what to do with it but I don't want to throw it away and they leave it there. That's the best type of recycling or free cycling. What, what kind of platforms are there? What kind of platforms are sell and what kind of stuff can you sell that maybe be worth the investing in time? So there are a number of ways that you can sell. You can use, um, you can use shipping platforms like eBay or Amazon. For me, I didn't have a lot of luck using anything that required shipping because I've got little kids and the time it takes to package up something, go to the the post office, park the car, truck inside with both kids, get them to wait patiently. I mean, I'm getting anxious just thinking about that process. So I stayed away from a lot of the, the shipping resources. The, what worked out better for me was the local online yard sales. So if you go on Facebook, they have Facebook Marketplace where you can sell items quickly. You can buy things. You can post them in just a couple of taps. If you can update your social status, you know how to use Facebook Marketplace. Super easy. 
the next layer into that world <laughs> is something that I, I kind of stumbled upon almost by accident is Facebook online yard sales. So that is one step more into the process. And I happen to have more luck with that than I do even with Facebook Marketplace. So what you do is you look as if you're searching for a new friend on Facebook mm-hmm. and you type in maybe your town name and a couple of words like online yard sale or yard sale group or tag sale swap attached to your town or your county or a nearby town. And you'll be surprised to find that probably what will populate is a list of local yard sale groups. Those groups are monitored by usually a volunteer, a local resident, someone who probably lives in the town. And you can post in those groups. And then you have um, a little bit more uh, monitoring going on than some of the free apps that are available. So that's where that, that was kind of the sweet spot for me as far as selling. Um, was using the the Facebook online yard sale groups. And then, of course, you have the free apps like LetGo, OfferUp, even Craigslist. Um, but those can be a little bit tricky to use for someone who's new to it. I think um, the online yard sale groups on Facebook are a great place to start, and it's free. Well, it's interesting, too. Like you said, like Cra- Craigslist and stuff like that can also be kind of scary, too, in the sense that people are not going to be careful what you do. Absolutely. And that's something that I talk about in my book. You have to be very careful about connecting with people who you don't know. And that's one of the advantages of using Facebook is that typically if you use one of those local groups, there's probably some degree of connection with the person who's buying your item. So you can look at their profile and if it's within the same town or area, you're probably going to have a couple of friends in common. And you can look at their profile to see that they're a real person. Did they just create this profile? <laughs> uh, is it, you know, someone who's not showing what they look like? They don't, they don't have any posts. You could, you should be a little bit cautious about that. But, you know, if it seems to be another mom who has lots of friends or you have a lot of friends in common, you can feel a little bit more comfortable with that. Um, and then with the free apps, I would never in a million years give my home address to somebody I met on a free app. It could be anybody. So you have to be smart and use common sense about it. Um, but, you know, I have actually sold things through the free apps, but I choose to meet them at the police station or some other public place. And if they give me a hassle about meeting them at the police station, then I don't certainly want to be meeting them at my house. <laughs> so um, so there's plenty of ways to get involved in this and still be safe about it. Well, it's, it's interesting too. I've never, in people doing that, being in public spaces, it's much safer that way too. And also bring a friend. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, a lot of times I, I just send my husband because, or we'll go together if it's, you know, we're running errands um, because I feel like, I don't know, that's, that's just a, a safer way to do it to make sure there's two people and, um, and just try to make it convenient for both of you. If you're out and about and you can meet someone, that's great. But you have to do it in a safe way. Well, interesting too, but one more thing about the platforms. Facebook online yard sales, what kind of challenges are there? Like any positive, what's the positive and the negative? The biggest drawback I can think of right off the top of my head is that uh, everybody knows your business because <laughs> <laughs> uh, they'll be like, uh, Deb, why are you selling your couch? Deb, why are you selling your furniture? Are you guys moving? So you have when you have mutual friends in the group, it's that's great. 
but you, they will see your posts. So if you have a lot of posts to, to upload to Facebook, your friends are going to see what you're uploading and they'll be able to snoop at your inventory, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, but so when that's one of the advantages to one of the anonymous apps is that you can upload a bunch of different items and nobody, you're not like crowding anybody's newsfeed because it's on, it stays on the app unless you actively share it. That's, it's interesting too. I know social media can make it very interesting. The one thing I was also curious about how, how can you get kids involved? I have a, like a six or seven year old son. How can I get him involved? I think it's really important to involve the kids. A couple of years ago, um, I was trying to purge some of the things. And of course, like many parents can relate, you're trying to do things quickly and you kind of distract the kids and then you sneak behind them while they're watching a movie (laughs) with a couple of bags of their things that you're going to donate or sell. So I was trying to do it, you know, keeping it on the down low. And I realized that part of the purging process is involving the people who live in your house. Because this is really supposed to be a state of mind. It's not a one-time event. If you purge your house one time and then you forget about it, then you're going to immediately have more junk flowing into your space. If you all work together, if you all roll up your sleeves and try to purge your space and sell some items and do the grunt work of it, you keep your space from getting cluttered again. So now I am really more mindful of involving the kids in the process. I try not to, for the most part, I try not to sell or give away any of their stuff without involving them. And yes, I'm asking their permission, but I'm also trying to give them a healthy relationship with their stuff. You use this item, it served its purpose, it's time to pass it along to another child. And I am I was really surprised that right from the start of me uh, uh, enacting this policy, <laughs> they were very cooperative, way more cooperative than I would have anticipated. So I think you'd be surprised if you involve the kids in the process it can make for a much better overall experience. What do you, what is the, like, um, do you have like a timetable of, you haven't used it in six months, it goes or a year or two years. What is like a timetable you usually have? Yeah, it's, it's hard to say. I would, it depends on the item. There have been things that I've taken out of my cabinet, put them on my kitchen table, snap a few pictures and post them on the online yard sales. And they're gone within a few hours, like literally have left my space and I've been paid for them. And then there are other things that I feel a little bit more attached to that I put in kind of a holding pen, a holding area that's in my garage. And it might sit there for a couple of weeks while I kind of think about, gee, do I really want to sell this? Do you know what price? And when I get around to it. And also sometimes I sell things in batches just because it can make more sense. I might do it in a spurt. So I might wait until I have a couple of items. but that's uh, that's one of the things about selling online is you each item has a different meaning to you. So I may sell a couch that's been sitting in my garage for three months, or I might sell dishes that literally just came out of my cabinet. <laughs> uh, so it's really your comfort level. Don't wait too long. You know, it then it becomes part of the arrangement of the furniture or the <laughs> garage. If you just like literally, I had a couch in my garage for a long time before I discovered online yard sales because I didn't know what to do with it. And it was too nice to throw away. I didn't want to pay to have the garbage truck collect it because it it still looked really good. It just didn't fit my space anymore. And we had a big cloth over it. 
we had our snow tires resting on it. We had <laughs> just like uh, still a member of the family out there in the garage. But I'll tell you, when a guy came to pick up a piece of furniture and he noticed it and he said, hey, how about 75 bucks? I said, yep, uh, get one end of it and <laughs> let's load it in your truck. So it's it, there are different time limits for everything, but try not to try not to wait too long. If you get the urge to sell, sell it. Well, it's interesting too. Another thing I, I watch online, some people do it too. And I just wonder, I wonder your take on it. because I was thinking about it today is people buy stuff like, or they, especially sometimes it's a free section on the online yard sale and they'll buy, they'll buy a bookcase, clean it up and resell it for like $50. Have you, have you had any experience with that? It's possible people buy my things and resell them. I feel like if you put the elbow grease into refurbishing something and it becomes almost like artwork or you stencil on it or you refinish it, then you've put in time and that's that you should be compensated for that. For me, I have not, I haven't really upsold things like that because I just don't have the talent to like refurbish a piece of furniture or taking an antique and maybe I can spray paint it, but that's about the extent of my abilities. And let's be honest, it's usually my father who ends up doing that for me because <laughs> <laughs> I just never get around to it. But there are a lot of people who repurpose furniture and that can be a really great way to satisfy the need to have a furniture refinishing hobby yet not have it cluttering your space. So you can find those yard sale bargains, polish them up and then resell them. What a great side gig that is without having to make a big investment. Well, I also saw, sorry too, I won't name the person I watched the video, but he was doing it. Is I saw like they would buy like um, unique toys, like unique toys too. Also they would buy them and all they do is just go, Hey, this $25 and give me a, give it to me for a penny. And I'll sell it for $25 in the yard sale. I've seen that stuff too. Yeah. It's, it's like you're flipping, flipping you know, it. you're buying something cheap and then selling it for a profit. That also may get into some kind of tax implications, which I don't yeah. know about. What I do is I'm technically selling it at a loss, right? I paid top dollar for, for, um, you know, department store dishes them for a few dollars, I'm actually taking a big loss. But I don't really like to think of it that way because <laughs> money to do takeout and give myself the night off from cooking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say one thing I was curious about too. You have a podcast. Yes. And what is your podcast about? I just love talking with people who are all about taking what they've got and making it better. It's not just the the old school mend and make do mentality. It's mm. mend and better. And that's how we live our lives. That's how I was raised. I like taking things and, and squeezing the potential out of them and making sure that the best that they can be, whether it's our, the house we're living in, um, the car I'm driving, I want to make sure it looks good, clean, take good care of it. That's That's what it's all about. So upcycling is when you take something and you make it better. Kind of like what you were talking about with the furniture. You take old furniture, polish it up, and then resell it. And somebody's really happy about it. So I talk to guests who have you know many different backgrounds and they're all about improving your life. And it's mostly got a, a family spin on it so that it's you know G-rated. You can <laughs> listen to it your, your kids or at work. And hopefully you come away from it feeling inspired to do something, whether it's clean out a closet, run a marathon and everything in between. There's one thing I want to ask you. I was listening to your podcast myself, actually. 
and you had a radio background too. I just wanted to have something, uh, something to do with also while you're doing the podcast. Yeah, I just, I, I've always loved communications. I actually teach communications. That is my background. I went to Syracuse University for communications. Ever since I was a little kid, I've always been interested in um, recording and editing. That's just been uh, something that's been an outlet for me as long as I can remember. So it's easy for me to, to do the podcast and enjoy even the post-production process, uh, though it can get a little time-consuming, but that is my background, and, and that's what I've, what I've always loved doing. One thing I also want to talk about is your book, The Best Offer, The Best Life. What is, I mean, we talked a little more about, we actually talked at the beginning of the podcast, we talked a little more about it, but I wonder if you want to expand a little bit about it and what it's about. Sure. So Best Offer, Best Life is the story of our online yard sale selling adventures and how other people can have success too. So Best Offer is getting the best value for your item when you're letting it leave your space. So sometimes that means you get top dollar for it and you get paid for it. And sometimes it means you donate it. And sometimes it means you give it to a friend. But either way, you're getting it out of your space. You're doing, you're getting the best offer for that particular item. And then it leads to your best life. So that's like what we were talking about with wealth. Does it mean we're millionaires? Hey, not yet. Maybe one day. (laughs) But wealth meaning we can have the freedom to do what we want to do and spend money on what we want to spend it on and not feel that stress of being tied to a particular large mortgage. Um, So that's what it's all about. So the book is actually the, the first part of it is just a little bit of traction and background of why we got started with the online yard sales. And people tell me they crack up over the stories and, (laughs) you know, just, I think a lot of families can relate to our, our junk clutter struggle. And the second part of the book is a blueprint for success. So I'm hoping that people can read it quickly and get right into selling. I, I wrote it in a way that I hope busy parents can appreciate. It's just a short book. It's about 100 pages. Um, I've been told people read it in one sitting, like it, it, you could read it in two or three hours. And it's, it's meant to be just a, a comical and helpful guide to make you look at your stuff and kind of laugh at the fact that we, we're all drowning in stuff, what we can do about it. And, and I'm hoping that it empowers people to take control of their stuff and as a result, their life. Well, I'm also curious too. Um, I think we mentioned some. What kind of services you know, like? Web, any webinars or any teaching things you you do? Sure. So I, before COVID nineteen, was doing a lot of in person workshops, and I really enjoyed talking with people and hearing their selling success, and also um, their selling flops, and trying to motivate them to try it again, and and giving them ideas for what they might try to improve their do to improve their strategy. So with COVID-19 happening, um, I have been focusing on delivering webinars or what I call debinars <laughs> so that people can stay home from the comfort of their cluttered space. No, the comfort of their <laughs> wonderful space and learn about strategies for online selling and also get inspiration for decluttering their homes. So those were offered in person. I know they'll be offered in person again, but they are accessible through uh, cost-efficient courses online. Final thoughts, wrapping up, um, anything you want to leave with uh, some kind of tip or something like that? Well, I think with online yard sales, it's important 
not to get overwhelmed with the process. Many people think about trying to go through their garage and sell almost the entire contents of the garage. Then they get overwhelmed and then they don't start anywhere. My tip is to just chip away at it and eventually you will declutter your space. Eventually you will see the light at the end of the junk pile and start with one item at a time. You look at your stash, see what you can sell easily and quickly. Look at something that has kind of a higher uh, resale value so you'll feel motivated to keep going. Because once you make those first couple of sales and get the cash in your hand or in today's environment, Venmo in your account, uh, (laughs) it really makes you feel good about keeping going with the process. And it is an ongoing process. Also, anyone have questions, want to reach out and where they can find your book? Sure. So I would love to hear from your listeners. They can contact me through my website, which is thedebsite.com. Or you can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook at Deb Colometta, C-O-L-A-M-E-T-A. And my book went to number one in its category on Amazon. It's called Best Offer, Best Life. Congratulations on the book. Um, that's, that's really great. I, I remember seeing the number one. I was looking it up this afternoon. I, I want to say congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Deb. Thank you much for being on the podcast this evening. I really do appreciate it. Thank you very much. Wrapping up this episode, I want to thank Deb Clemetta for being a guest on the podcast. You can find more about her over at thedebsite.com. You also find all the links in the show notes over at nocityonthesideline.com slash nine zero. Hey, please reach out. Leave a comment if you have a question. Leave a comment on the show notes. Just say hello. Hey, I'm there. I'm listening. I like what you're doing. Or you know, if you have a comment, and critis- like a critical comment, like, hey, you could probably change this up a little bit. I, I, I love the feedback. You can find out more about me over at nocityonthesideline.com slash contact. That's where all my contact information, all my Twitter, social media accounts are too. Final thoughts wrapping up. Hey, thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you find this stuff helpful, and you find this information helpful, you know what help would help out the podcast would clink the link, buy buy the show a cup of coffee. It'd be helpful to um support the show. You don't have to, but it would be nice if you if you can. I would really appreciate that. Well, thank you for listening. Until next time, take care. Give your kids a hug, tell much you love them. Because you know what, man? Time goes by quick. God bless. Take care. See ya. <laughs>